0: And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back to the Paleo View, and I hope you had a wonderful New Year's. Happy 2020! I feel like there's a pun there, and I just can't. Uh, It's It's too much. You've heard it all. Let's just move forward. (laughs) I will say, um, you know, the new year's is always a time to reflect. And for me, um, my my biggest thing for 2020 is giving back. I feel like I had such a fantastic uh, 2019, but there was also a lot of change. And so for me, we're going to talk about going forward and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just feeling like, I can't go on in the show without saying how grateful I am for you listeners and for you, Sarah, for our partnership over all of these many years and for everything that our family has um, been able to do with this community. And as I look forward to 2020, it is so very clear to me that I want to continue to educate and create content that's helpful and inspires and, um, give back in other ways that I'm looking forward to talking about as the year progresses. And it's just such, um, an amazing time to really reflect. So we're going to talk about resolutions, but, um, whether or not you're a person that does resolutions, just remember that, um, I think it's like 70% of people start a resolution and then don't, it's like ended before January 31st. And, um, we talked previously about, you know, implementing things that are sustainable, um, that set you up for success over the course of the year so that you don't feel like a failure out of the gate like that's that's not going to yeah. be helpful in um yeah. lifting you up in any sort of way whatever your resolution is. So before we you know jump into all of this I just wanted to to offer that reminder and and for me that resolution is to live a life of gratitude. It's going to be the the year of gratitude for me and to oh, I love that. Like really put that first. Like my my 2020 vision <laughs> is gratitude. And I just feel like there's there's so much for us to be grateful for and it's easy to lose sight of that and I'm just feeling it so passionately the last um I don't know, maybe 6 weeks that I I really want to um solidify that and and make sure that I sustain that feeling of gratitude over the next year. I think it took me a long time after the loss of our brother and my back injury to have a sense of gratitude because I was Mm -hmm. feeling so sad and frustrated, you know? And, and so that's, that's where I am mentally. How about you? How are you doing? Um,
1: I, you know, this has been for me, you know, I, I want to echo what you just said and really thank our listeners. I want to thank, I mean, I really just have the most, supportive followers. And this year I've really needed it. So looking back on 2019, I learned a lot of really hard lessons this year. Um, I, um, I really drove myself into the ground this fall. And I think as I look back over the last few years, you know, I think Rob Wolf was the first person who said it, that I, I was like, ha ha ha. Isn't that funny of like the worst thing I ever did for my health was writing a health book. Um, and you know, now I'm finishing up my fifth. And so I look back and I, I really feel like, um, I've been working really hard to, um, create new resources and expand my, um, reach to new audiences and really, you know, I, my, my mission is, is that I, I really want to provide this education on the best diet and lifestyle choices, stripped of dogma, right. And really just like, what are the most important things and where's the wiggle room for different people and empower people with that knowledge to make these preventable chronic illnesses, a thing of the past. And I have been walking a very fine line with my health for years. And, um, this year I I just fell off the tightrope um in the fall. And it was a combination of really overcommitting myself in terms of travel. Uh travel is something that is super, super hard on me physically. And um overcommitting myself in terms of projects, especially collaborative projects that have externally applied deadlines. And um, and then when my father had his heart attack in early September. I was already spread so thin at at that point that there wasn't, I did not have room for a major life stressor to get added on top of everything. And it really sent both my physical and mental health into a tailspin. And I, um, ended up having, health struggles that I haven't had, not even since going paleo a little over eight, I guess going on eight and a half years ago now, but even, um, you know, I, I had, I started having crippling migraines. I haven't had migraines like that in 15 years. Um, I started gaining weight in a way that was completely disproportional to how I was eating, which is a sure sign that my adrenals are messed up. I started getting really bad fibromyalgia pain. I think the worst was, um, just it felt like I had PMS all the time, like severe irritability, depression. I started having anxiety attacks again and it was impacting my family. Um, and it was a, it was uh, a real wake up call for me and not just, you know, that I had piled so many straws on the camel's back that that one extra thing could break the camel's back, but that I've been in this, um, sort of like the, the airplane circling the runway sort of pattern for a few years. And I've, I've really put my own health journey on hold in order to, um, in order to continue to grow professionally. And as much as I've talked on the show before about work-life balance, this was the very obvious data point for me to show that I have not succeeded, um, and that I have not done a good enough job looking after myself. And so over the last few months, I've been very proactive in, um, making changes to address this like this. It, I, it's, unfortunate that I had to run myself into the ground this hard in order to really like wake up and <laughs> see what I needed to do. But the very bright silver lining is that I have been taking steps to really change up my um, my day-to-day, but also like the overarching, you know, things that were contributing to my very high stress level, and also just being overworked. Um, and one of the things that I did, it was incredibly challenging but um, to do personally and emotionally, but I um, decided not to attend any uh, conferences or events in 2020, and I ended up um, canceling my workshop in February. And I, I especially want to thank um, the people who, who had been looking forward to that workshop they were so supportive and understanding when I let them know. And um, it's really, to me, that was that was the hardest thing, the hardest thing, because uh, it was such a great event last year, and I loved it so much. And I was really looking forward to taking what I learned, doing the first workshop, to make it an even better workshop. And I'm realizing that I just didn't have the um, energy or even the ability to focus enough to be able to make it the event that I wanted it to be, to even live up to what I was able to do last year and realizing just how, um, how much I personally was suffering, um, that I had to make this really hard choice and then to have so much support. It, it was, um, it was wonderful. It was. It was. I mean, in many ways, it was emotionally harder to to get so much love back after making that really tough choice. But then, what I've also been doing is now I'm looking at 2020. This was the idea of my doctor was to think of it as a sabbatical year. If I had stayed in academia, I would approximately once every six years get a sabbatical year. And what that is for a professor is. A year where you get a break of admin duties and teaching duties and you get to just focus on your research program, Um, often professors will go to another uh, institute for part or their whole sabbatical year and they'll you know, enhance collaborations and learn new techniques, right? It's, it's a time to sort of focus in on what was the thing that brought me here in the first place? Um, What is the thing that, you know, why, why did I want to be a professor in the first place? I want to be a professor because of research, right? So I like thinking of it as a sabbatical year because it's not about taking time off. I'm not trying to, you know, stop blogging, stop the podcast. Like these are things that I get a huge amount of, um, sort of accomplished feelings from, and I really enjoy doing. And I know that they're really great resources for all of our listeners. Um, but instead taking it as a year to really figure out what pace I, um, not just that I can maintain, but like what is, what is the amount of work that I can do in a day or in a week that is still allowing me to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish? Cause that's a big part of mental health for me, but also that allows enough space for actually focusing on my own health. Um, so I'm looking for all of the symptoms that really appeared this fall to Disappear, um, but then more than that, right? So I I really want to take this period of time to stop circling the runway, but actually, you know, really be able to advance my own health journey rather than feeling like I've put it on pause in order to um, in order to advance professionally. So ideally, I'd like to figure out how to do both, how to advance my personal health journey and advance professionally at the same time. I want to take this year to really focus on my family, and then in in advancing professionally, um, you know, in this space that I've created for myself with um, not doing any collaborative projects or um, any live events that require travel, at least for the next, I would say, um, at at least for the first half of this year, I, I don't have a firm deadline of like, when I'll be ready to travel again, I'm just going to play that by ear. Um, but I really want to to take this time to focus on things like finishing the Gut Microbiome book. Like that, uh, you know, I've been plugging away at it for so long. I started this book five years ago and I feel like I've been two months away from being done for the last year and a half. So being able to take that energy and put it into the thing that I'm really passionate about as opposed to the opportunity that I'm given from somebody else. Right. So that's been a lot of what I've done the last few years is the opportunity to be a keynote at this big event and reach all these people or, um, the opportunity to, to collaborate with this person to do this thing. And I'm trying to pull back from that, um, in part because those events apply, uh, an external pressure and an external deadline, Whereas I can finish my book whenever I feel it's finished, but also because I'm trying to, in the spirit of sabbatical year, really focus on the things that are my ideas, that are my projects, that are why I love doing what I do. And so really trying to, um, I've been sort of referring to it as sort of like Marie Kondoing my life. I, I feel like that's maybe maybe not quite fair i'm i'm rather than taking things off my plate that don't bring me joy it's more of a finding a different gear um and one that i can drive in f- forever while also refinding joy in things that are, are why you know it's why i decided not to go back to academia is because this was something that was so gratifying and made me feel like what I was doing was so important. And I also loved, I love reading the research and writing about it. I love, um, turning that into a live seminar or online courses. Like that's something I just love doing. And I'm trying to, in my recovery from the mental health challenges this fall, really try to find that joy again. And I think part of finding that joy again is taking the things off my plate that are either so hard on me physically that I, I just can't do that right now, or that are other people's ideas, other people's projects. I want to really work on my own ideas and and focus on that and get back to that. And so all of my new year's resolutions Honestly, I've already started. I've already been working on these for the last couple of months, and my, you know, 2020 resolutions are just to commit to keep going because I really have like made a hu- like a huge recovery so far. I'm not where I want to be yet, um, but I can see that the the. Changes that I'm making and putting into place are making the difference that I need them to make. And so this is really about staying the course and staying committed to the sabbatical year and um, these health habits that are really helping me recover my physical and mental health. And actually, I'm, you know, my 2020 goal is that my health journey comes first this year.
0: I think that that is important for us all to remember in terms of prioritizing the things that we need at the time that we need them. And I think that I have learned the last couple of years is an evolution, right? It's this um, ebb and flow of taking on too much, needing to pull back, um, you know, your health changing, which then means you can do less and prioritizing, getting back to that. Right. But I think ultimately the, the, the reminder that I always tell myself is if I'm not there for myself, it can't be there for other people. And I think no matter what you're going through in your life, that applies to all of us. Um, and it can just be as simple as taking a nap on a Saturday afternoon. Um, maybe not doing like that one social activity that just feels, you know, like it's overwhelming anxiety for you. Um, it, what, whatever it is, on a, on a large or um, small scale, I think we can all implement this idea of making sure that we put on our own oxygen mask first, which can be really difficult sometimes for us to think about. And I think even with the training that they give you on the airplane to put on your own oxygen mask first, you're like, (laughs) no, no, I have to put it on my kids. It's like, well, but then what if you run out of air before you finish putting it on your kid? And then you both don't have oxygen, you know, like you've got to remember to take care of yourself first. So um, I think that's fortunately, and I know that you'll get there. I am on the other side of that coin. I am feeling, so well um after doing that for myself this year right after prioritizing finding water aerobics um leaving my corporate job which was a very scary stressful decision and one that I wasn't sure was going to be long term because I wasn't sure how it was going to go um but one that ended up being something I could be so grateful for and and reflecting and looking back and saying how very stressful it was that I was working not just two full-time jobs but then on top of that the blog the podcast and everything else right and so yeah. it took difficult decisions it took saying no to things it took you know swallowing a difficult pill and saying okay I have to buckle down and and make decisions that are in the best interest of myself and my family. And while it doesn't feel like it's in the best interest of my family for me to leave my corporate job, ultimately it did end up being the right thing for us for right now. So, um, I know that you'll get there too. And I, I am, like I said, living the year of gratitude because I'm, I'm feeling that, um, I'm just, I'm feeling that right now. There was, um, yeah, a rainbow reflected. It was like, I, I asked the guy when we were picking our Christmas tree, I know this sounds like a weird tangent, but um, there was like a, a reflected prism on the photo of us um on our Christmas tree when we were picking it. it just happened just the way that the light caught and whatever, like I didn't edit it in. There's just this like beautiful rainbow on the photo and it just, it was like, yes, this is, this is life right now. Like this is exactly what's happening. Cause we always use that tree um, photo for like sending to people and, you know, our, our annual photo or whatever is kind of our, you know, holidays and representative of new year's and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I, I'm feeling like, um, it's our, it's our rainbow year, if that makes sense. So, um, practically what does that look like and how, how can we live with, um, gratitude and intention? I, I am seeking out opportunities to give back every month. So, um, whether that's volunteering, whether that's, you know, whatever it is, um, my personal, um, year of gratitude resolution is to live intentionally and thoughtfully for others in a way that gives back to our family. Um, and so I'm hopeful that I can be that to others, whether it's an inspiration or an actual, um, helping hand when it's, when it's needed. So do you want to talk about maybe some of your tangible resolutions and we can, you share one, I share one, you share one, I share one. Sure.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, um, you know, I've, I've talked about this on the, every time we do a New Year's resolution show, I sort of talk about two main things. One is I don't wait for New Year's to make resolutions. I make, March 23rd resolutions. If that's, you know, when I need to resolve to do something. Um, so I'm a person who, um, doesn't just wait for January 1st every single year to have this big list of things that I want to do. Um, that being said, I do make new year's resolutions every year and I tend to always make them habit focused instead of goal focused. And the reason for that is, um, Stacy is sort of, you were saying off the top of the show is that, um, you know, if it's, it's much more sustainable to um, make a resolution that is a small change, right? For me, it's always about um, even not even necessarily breaking a bad habit so much as forming a good habit, and those are the things that we can maintain throughout not just the year but throughout our lives. And so I take this time to really focus on repeating that good habit I want to form routinely, right? It takes on average, something like four months for us to actually make or break a habit. And so instead of, you know, having a resolution to lose 10 pounds, I would have, uh, for example, one of my tangible resolutions this year is to eat breakfast every day. We did our breakfast podcast. um, What was that? A 5 6 episodes ago and it was doing that research made me realize that this was a health habit that I really needed to address because my natural tendency is to not want to eat breakfast when I get up in the morning and then want to eat everything that I can put my hands on towards the end of the day and so I've been doing this for for a while now and it was instant the first day that I had a high protein breakfast in the morning I wasn't hungry until lunch. I ate lunch and then I wasn't hungry until dinner. I didn't crave sugar. It was like such a huge change for me just in this one thing of, you know, no, like even though I don't feel like breakfast, like make myself eat breakfast and what's happened now after committing to that and like also working on the logistics of how am I going to do this and what am I going to eat and solving those like challenges to breakfast every day is that that's continued like my, you know, I, I feel like that's the only diet related resolution that I need to make is to continue to eat breakfast every day because it has made all of the other dietary things that I know to do and that I know is really important has made those things come naturally and made them easy. So for me, that was a huge linchpin in terms of, you know, not letting my sugar intake, slide out of control, not letting my caloric intake creep up, right? Not falling into, you know, bad eating patterns like grazing. Just making myself eat breakfast every day has been um like just it's made a huge difference just in terms of of my my um diet and my sort of natural gravitation towards healthier foods and less sugar and all of those good things. So that is one thing I, I just really have to thank our listeners for such great questions because I would not have known that without our awesome listeners and their amazing, thoughtful questions. And it's something that I've actually changed thanks to the research that I've done
0: for this podcast. I love it when we help ourselves by doing the research, right? <laughs> like, um, Uh, vegetables is another thing, right? Like we're kind of surprised by some of the research that we find on like, oh, yep, the research still says lots of (laughs) veggies are good. How many veggies? All the veggies. So um, I know that's something that we strive for on a regular basis, but maybe that's something that you, listener, can think about this year is, did you listen to all of our vegetable shows and say to yourself, that's insane? (laughs) Maybe you can, it's a good time to strive to add in a goal of two more servings a day and how can you get that and different kinds of things like that. So, um, okay. So for me, and this is, um, I know that it doesn't sound tangible, but it really is, is I find myself needing to focus on being solution oriented. So I'm really good at Problem solving, and I'm also good at identifying where things need to change. And I'm such a control freak that sometimes if I can't change them, I just want to talk about how it could be better, which then turns into this like spiral of complaint. Um, And so, one of the things that I'm trying to do this year, living intentionally thoughtfully with gratitude is to be solution oriented. And if there's not something that I can do to solve a problem, to be less negative and move on. Like if I don't have a purpose, I need to disengage from whatever it is. And I need to just move on because there's all it's doing is bringing me down with negativity when I allow myself to get pulled into that. Um, and this applies to like so many different areas of my life, including, um, my family being, uh, ADD, like all of them. I don't know if people saw, but in the, um, latter part of 2018, I was like sharing snippets on, um, Insta stories of this is what it's like to live with ADD. And part of that is me like making light of a situation that sometimes would be very frustrating for me, like walking into a room and seeing things, what we call 80%ed, right? Like Matt, for example, will often unload 80% of the dishwasher, leave the dishwasher hanging open of like the 20% that still needs to be done and like move on to another project because he got distracted and it was driving me mad. To, like cuz we're both home during the day all day together and I'd be like, "You just made more mess. Like what are you doing?" Um and so for me, instead of being frustrated about it, my solution, my my problem solving um is just to like laugh about it and now to say to him like you you forgot the dishwasher you're you silly add boy come come back and finish this (laughs) job and I know that that's that I don't know that that um translates as significantly as it will to my mental health and to the positivity and the gratitude that I need to live with like it gets lost on me how grateful I want to be that Matt is doing the dishes, right? Like that's something to be grateful for instead of feeling frustrated that he got distracted and walked away um, mid-project. I feel like this also came out of a podcast episode. Really? It, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. We often <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, I, um, it's also,
1: I, um, one of the things that I'm, I am also trying to do is uh, take a meditation break at least once during the day. And one of the things that I, um, I'm doing guided meditations in this time. So I have um, so much experience with mindfulness practice that for a long time I had gone into just doing breathing practice. And one of the things that I'm trying to do now is, um, do more guided meditations and do some, um, meditations that are geared at, um, you know, self-compassion at, um, you know, skills that I feel like will help me in my recovery. And one of the things that I am peppering into this, like new commitment to meditation breaks once per day is to do some gratitude meditation, which is, you know, you can also do this with a gratitude journal or, um, you know, there's lots of different, I think there's apps now, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can basically take some time to focus on things that you're grateful for. But one of the things that I have found with gratitude meditation, um, especially guided meditations is that, um, it's helping me to, think about gratitude in maybe a little bit of a different way and think about things to be grateful for that even when i'm trying to focus on gratitude i might still take those things for granted and so um it's i think a tangential you mean, to you mean resolution. like someone doing dishes <laughs> right well yes i mean i think that um i think that it's easy when something wonderful is your norm, to not pay attention to it. And I also think that, I mean, the research shows that taking the opportunity to focus on feeling grateful for the things that we do have, whether it's in our control or not, um, is very, very helpful for mental health, for resilience, for, um, you know, anxiety for, um, uh, even just developing positivity and optimism. And so one of the things that I've been trying to do is make sure that I am appreciating even the small things that are easy to, are easy to feel like, uh, it's so normal that I, I don't even, I don't even notice.
0: Yeah. I think perspective has a lot to do with it too, right? Like it's, and that is something that we have control over. We don't have control over the thing, but we do have control over our own reaction. So, um, I am recommitting to getting back to date night once a week. So when Matt and I were really working on our marriage and we, I mean, we're best friends and We want to be together and we're committed to that. But we had a very difficult, rough patch eh, before the summer, I'll say. The summer was kind of a turning point for us and we knew it was going to be make or break and that that was okay. Um, And fortunately, you know, it really bonded us and our commitment back together. But since the summer, because things have been better, we haven't been doing date night and we talked before on the podcast about we don't just have date night we have date night with rules like we have to um I don't want to say get gussied up for each other right but it can't just be like in your it can't just be in your sweat clothes you have to like present yourself the way that you would if you were going on a date even if you're not going out even if we're just going to play board games together after the kids go to bed or Um, Matt will make steak for me. It's usually a once a month activity around the time that I crave iron and, (laughs) um, and I want to like sit with him and enjoy it and not just like, oh, mommy's having a different dinner from everybody else. You know, like there, there are things that we can do outside of actually going outside of date night that I want to get back into the habit of. And I think it was really helpful for us to remember, um, that we are a couple because we want to be together and we're best friends, and not just because we're business partners and parents and all those things. So, I'm um. Put, I put it back on the calendar. It's once a week, and um, if we miss that time because we have something else going on, we have to make it up before the next time. And, um, we can't like watch TV after we don't have our phones. We can talk about, you know, our day and stuff, but not like business and parenting. So, um, not like, well, did you do so-and-so's homework or have you filled out the form? But we can talk about things like, you know, have you noticed this, you know, great thing or this worrisome thing about the kids? Okay. Let's, you know, we can talk about it, um, but not, does it make sense? Am I explaining mm, myself? I yeah. feel like I've talked about this before, anyway. So, um, yeah, date night. That's <laughs> we're so bad at uh, rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fine. Um, I, I think my uh, my resolution that's sort of closest to that in spirit is that I have recommitted myself to an early bedtime but that my husband has also done the same thing. And so we basically just decided that it's okay if we don't watch TV after the kids go to bed. And, um, you know, we are watching fewer shows it's going to take us longer to go get through some of these things. Um, cause we really only watch, you know, maybe one show Friday night and one show Saturday night, depending on what else is going on. Um, you know, we're not, we're not watching very much TV at all, but instead we're, reading, which has actually really helped me wind down better than television. This is one of those things that I, I know intellectually to be true, but, uh, then I'm experiencing it. And I'm like, wow, look, uh, walk on the walk. That's the thing. Um, but to just, you know, really say like, look, if I go to bed between nine and nine thirty every single night, I wake up That's still at six in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays. I don't need to sleep in. And that is the healthiest sleep pattern. And it is, for me, a really big sign of um, having my sleep dialed in, that my body, you know, even when my alarm's not set to go off, I still wake up at the same time and still feel refreshed. And it's made a huge difference to my mood, but also my husband. Like, my husband is um, also feeling better. And also, um, you know, he's been you know, experiencing better mood and has had more energy. And so it's been something that has been um, really wonderful to commit to together. And it has made the occasional when we do go out in the evening, we're like, it's nine o'clock. Can we go home now? (laughs) Like it's, it has definitely had that little bit of a, you know, side effect, but um, it's been um, actually really nice to like go to bed. And then we each have our own book and we just cuddle and read and, Um, and that has been, um, it's been really good for both of us. Like just not just on the getting more sleep side, but also we're just finding, having decided that there's not, we can't get to bed at a good time if we watch TV after the kids go to bed. So we're not going to do that on weeknights anymore. That has automatically made it so that we talk more. And that's been, you know, it's not as, it's not as committed as an official date night once a week, but it's been pretty great.
0: Oh, I love that you guys are doing that together. Cause I think that's one of the things Matt and I struggle with is, um, I love him, but he snores and I have a difficult time going to bed at the same time because he falls asleep faster than me. And then I can't fall asleep at all. And so when we're in a groove and we're, and we've figured out how to, um, not be apart in the evenings, if that makes sense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that makes such a, a difference, um, and also when his, when his lifestyle factors are dialed in, it helps with the not snoring, which just helps in general. <laughs> so, hi, Matt. I uh, hope you're taking notes for your 2020 <laughs> resolutions. <laughs> um, okay. So enough about him. Um, I did so well with water aerobics in 2019 and it helping both physically and mentally and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to continue to prioritize doing that at least twice a week. I I like to go more often than that, but I am telling myself like I need to make time to go twice a week. That's where I see um, improvement in my pain levels in terms of like loosening joints and, um, building up muscle that supports, um, reduction of pain and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's continuing with water aerobics and, and then focusing on the other things that I added in this year because I was feeling better. So that means I'm able to do more kind of walking activities if my muscles are loose and supported and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, because it's still winter, I don't know how I'm going to manage this in the summertime. But hot tubbing has been really, really great for me in terms of reducing inflammation. We talked about this in the on the podcast before. I'm going to continue to to do my my warm dips on the days that I'm not doing water aerobics um, to help loosen the muscles and um, uh, reduce inflammation and improve heart rate and All of the things that I had no idea were benefits of. (laughs) I'm just gonna continue to take advantage. (laughs) Until we covered it on the podcast. Because one of us might have been like, hey, let's talk about this. (laughs)
1: Um, you know, speaking of things that we talk about on the podcast, they're super beneficial. One of my very tangible resolutions is to um like super commit to juving at least six times a week. I'm actually like aiming for more than that, but it's sort of like my, my like minimum number is six times a week. And it's because I think every time, I mean, I, I'm terrible at keeping track of like big periods of time. Like how many years have I been doing a thing? But I think I've had my Jew for almost three years. And every time I have fallen out of, you know, out of the habit of, of doing it daily has always correlated. And I don't know, there could be a chicken and egg thing here, right? Like I'm super stressed and so I'm feeling time crunched so I'm not juving, right? And it's actually the stress that's the problem and not the lack of juving. So there there's, you know, there's the chicken and egg and the snowballs of bad part of this, but every time I've fallen out of the habit, I have noticed you know really big changes in terms of the magnitude of symptoms that I'm experiencing. And then I get back in the habit and I feel like, oh my gosh, why do I ever let this happen? Like, this is such a beneficial 12 minutes for me. And, um, and so, or 20, if I can, you know, if I can make the time, but 12 as a, as a minimum. And so I, um, I really feel like this is one of those things that again, as I've been trying to get back on my feet in the last, Two months, this has been one of the things that I've again, recommitted to, um, you know, Juving most days. And it's one of the things that's made it onto my 2020 New Year's resolutions list is like this year, I don't ever want to fall out of the habit. I don't want to travel and then come back and be like, yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow. I want to make sure that this is, um, something that
0: stays consistent for the full year. I love that we also have a habit of of doing that and i think more is more. Yes. <laughs> but um yeah, it's not officially on my list but uh, a good one nonetheless. One that i did last year and i think the year before that and i do have a blog post about it. Um is souping, it's like a good reminder for me to get in the habit. I actually started this in the same spirit of you as I start resolutions when they feel good to me. Um, over Thanksgiving when we made a bunch of Turkey broth, Mm -hmm. but I feel my best when I have a cup of broth or a cup of soup every day. And, um, I have also been having leftover soup for breakfast after our whole breakfast discussion. Um, but for me, I need to tell myself that I need to do this every day and New Year's is a good time to be like did I do this every day like it's one of those things right so instead of just oh let me prioritize this and it ends up being 5 to 6 times a week I'm reminding myself like I need to have a cup of broth or a bowl of soup every day and if I don't at the end of the evening it's like my wind down thing instead of tea um instead of tea I have a mug of warm Broth, and it's very soothing, like chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that, that's um, one of the things that for me has been one of the biggest accomplishments over the last, you know, say like year, year and a half, is I managed to get my whole family to love soups and stews. And it was one of the things my kids, for the longest time, really didn't like any kind of food where everything was mixed together. And, um, chicken pot pie was their entry point. So as long as I made a pie pastry, they would eat things mixed together, but we've managed to expand that now into soups and stews. And so much so, um, oh, it's soups and stews and like frittatas. Like it's now some of their favorite meals are the things where everything's all mixed together. And like so much so that I'm like, you know, oh, well, you know, what, what would you guys like me to make this week? Like I, you know, sometimes when I'm, I don't have a strong opinion or I don't have, um, an obvious thing to make because I got these vegetables at the farmer's market. I'll be like, what, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to take suggestions and rabbit stew is one of the most common things that they will ask for. Um, and then chicken pot pie is still on the list completely. Um, or a a frittata for dinner. And those are the, the foods that have, um, like made it into our regular rotation. But the, the thing that for me is like, I now make, Uh, Soup or stew, we have it at least once a week, and it's at least two nights worth when I make it, if not three. And it's great because I also can still sneak vegetables that my kids won't eat if I like roasted them or or sautéed them. Um, But I can put them in a soup or stew, and they'll they'll eat them. They don't even notice. So uh, it's still it's yeah it's fantastic. So that's I'm going to celebrate my accomplishment of reintroducing soups and stews into our house to the point where it's actually their favorite meal. It's pretty cool. I only have one more tangible resolution on my list. And this is one that I have been working on. Um, it's, this might seem really strange to people, but I think it's really common if you work from home, your work is always there. And when you have, you know, the type of jobs that Stacy and I have of, um you know an online presence right we m- make money off of uh products that you buy via our referral and digital products right like that's that's how we make a living that's how we pay our teams and so it's a type of job where um you get more out of it the more you put in so there's like this built-in incentive to work much more than full time um and that's one of the things that I'm trying to address but it's, there's also incentive, you know, like people are on social media every single day. So there's incentive to be there and interacting with people every single day. And it means not ever having a day off. So one of the things that I uh, have been working on just the last uh, two weeks, but um, really trying to focus on and make a New Year's resolution is to take one full day off every week where I don't even turn on my computer, um, where I don't, um, I just, I'm like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not available. Um, and, um, this is, this is really hard for me because I, I've maybe taken 10 full days off mostly while being sick since I started, since I launched my blog in 2011. Um, so to take a full day off every week where I don't, not even an hour's worth of work, like nothing, um, this is a a really new experience for me and something that I still, I'm still in the phase of this habit of it feels weird. Um, and it feels rebellious. It feels like I'm skipping school or something like really like it, (laughs) it doesn't, um, I'm not at a point yet where it feels like I'm relaxed in it. I'm not relaxed in it yet, but I think that it's very, very important for me to, um, really unplug and not, you know, take a full day to be just super focused on my family. And, um, you know, I've so far, I've used my couple of days off to make cookies, but, um, but it's just been like, a, I like I'm still trying to figure out how to use this day and how to use this space and how to enjoy it. But it's something that I'm I'm really, I think is really, really important for, again, sort of finding, finding that gear that I can stay in and work in and maintain, continue to improve my health, not just maintain my health, but continue to improve my health while also continuing to, you know, create resources that help other people gain their health too.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting. You and I have talked about on the podcast before really enjoying vacations, like camping with no cell service or mm-hmm. being on a cruise where there's no cell service because it's like the only time we are able to, without guilt or what whatever, I don't know that guilt's the right word. Right. But like, I have this without cheating. Like, yes, I have this like <laughs> nagging feeling like I should be doing something else. And I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that word. I don't like that feeling. I, you know what I mean. So it's like, instead, I'm like, well, you know what will be easier that will make this feeling going away. Let me just check my email and make sure there's nothing going on, right? And so I, um, I actually had my first day off, um, in December, mid December last month by um taking between 2 p.m on a Saturday and 6 p.m on a Sunday and I told myself if something comes in you'll see it that morning on Saturday or you'll see it that evening on Sunday and you have that time with your family and I'm totally copying your idea I don't think I'll take like a whole day because for me I I would have more anxiety like you feeling uncomfortable about it right like completely walking away but I want to get into the habit of turning off more often for a period of time that allows me to relax into it. And I do practice mindfulness and being fully engaged when I do certain things. And I think that's important and relatable to our listeners as well, right? Like how often is your child trying to talk to you where your face is in a phone and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and you're not really paying attention? And I think being able to set aside time where – if you're with your family, if you're, you know, doing whatever it is, let's all just put down our phones, especially if you have older kids. Right. Like we do a phone stack. Right. Like all of our phones stay somewhere else while we have family dinner. And those kinds of activities, I think, are great to incorporate into a New Year's resolution because it encourages a lot of the stuff that we talked about last week with, you know, spending time together and social interaction and also taking that time for screen detox and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think for you and I in particular, people who work from home, people who work online, it's it's hard to walk away entirely because you're like, what's going to happen if I, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I don't like, make sure that the the wheels are still um, going. But um, so I I just want to add one more thing before. Um, We wish you all well for the rest of 2020, which is, um, to say that our family is, um, going through a process right now. That's kind of a a huge project. And, um, it started in the fall when the buyers for home were not able to proceed forward. They asked for an extension and we realized that it didn't fall into place for a reason. Um, And so for me, I talked about this being kind of our, our rainbow year and all of that kind of stuff, living with gratitude, living with intention. We are undertaking a project that really embodies that for our family, but it's also something that I'm feeling protective of. And there aren't very many times that we talk about this, right? And so, um... There aren't very many times that we implement uh, something that we don't share with you all or share on social media. And I'm acknowledging this and I'm I'm telling you it's something our family is working on because when I do share about what we are embarking on or I share more information uh, probably in the next coming months, I don't want you to be like, whoa, where did that come from? That's, that's so big and out of nowhere. Um, it's not out of nowhere. It's something that we have been, um, doing training for since December. And, um, I guess I'm just putting that out there that this is part of our 2020 plan. And I I don't say this for you to be like, well, what is it? What's happening? But you know, Mm -hmm. like it's a, it's a good thing. And I appreciate your patience with my sharing at a pace that we're comfortable with and, um, your patience and understanding that there might be some things in our lives over the next year that we can't be open about. And that is, uh, with intention, and we will share when we can and when we feel comfortable about it.
1: I I think that is a inspirational place to leave off. Um, I know that our listeners, one of the reasons why they keep coming back to this podcast is not just because we've got great science and great practical recommendations for, um, you know, day-to-day choices that will help improve people's health, but that also we share our lives on this podcast. And that um being human is something that all podcasters and bloggers and <laughs> what? social We're media human people, influencers, <laughs> leaders, um are and I I'm glad that our listeners understand that sometimes there are things that are hard to talk about in the middle. I had a, I really wasn't able to talk about how my health was crashing this fall while it was crashing. It's a really hard thing to be able to find, you know, find the ability to discuss it when it's still so in the middle that it feels. Like, I don't even know what it is yet. And I don't really know. I don't have the perspective yet to talk about it. And um, I don't know what your project is. I'm totally going to ask you when we're done recording. Um, (laughs) But, but, um, you know, I think that's another example of um, Um, sometimes it's easier to talk about things when the time is right. And I really appreciate, you know, finishing, finishing up this, wrapping up this podcast with gratitude again. I really appreciate that our listeners not only keep coming back for the information, but keep coming back for the community. Um, And I really just, I want to, again, sort of express my deep gratitude to our listeners for all of their support these,
0: I don't know, seven, seven years. How long have we been doing this? Seven and a half, eight? Some years. We keep doing this and it was seven and a half, but I think we're closer to eight at this point. (laughs) Wow. That's kind of a thing. We got this. We got it. Totally. And we're happy you're here with us. We got you. You got us. It's a big communal group hug that I don't have to physically do. (laughs) It's my favorite kind of hugs. That
1: totally makes me think of Teletubbies. Big hug. And that is where we shall leave this episode.
0: (laughs) That's where we want to leave it? Okay, (laughs) That's where we want to leave it. Big hug. Thank you so much for being here and we wish you all the best in the year to come and we will be back again next week as always thanks for listening
1: thank you for listening to the paleo view if you enjoyed the show please take a moment to rate us on itunes you can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through paypal